Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. All right, it is Task of the Moose with you. Rolling right along here on this Thursday morning. Opening, big opening weekend of the college football season. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Our next guest uh, knows uh, college football backwards and forwards, and that's Ralph Russo uh, from the Associated Press, who joins us now to kick off the opening weekend on the college football scene. Hey, Ralph, Taz of the Moose with you. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning. Ralph, what's up? Hey, good morning, guys. Ralph, you know, it's it's interesting when you look at it. I mean, you know, overall here, you got a lot of games tonight. I mean, there's going to be an interesting weekend. If, if you had to pinpoint one game, one matchup that you're most intrigued by this weekend, which one would it be? You know, I, I think it's sort of the, the default to say Auburn and Oregon. They're the only game matching ranked teams and – so you, you look at that and kind of see some playoff implications right early on with the Pac-12. It's another one of these possible statement games for the conference that hasn't had a playoff team in a couple of years. Uh, potential NFL prospect in Justin Herbert for the for Oregon at quarterback. And Auburn going with a guy in Bo Nix, who's a, who's a true freshman. That, and that's sort of the obvious pick. The one that's really intriguing to me is Florida State, Boise State. Now, first of all, will it be played? There's a hurricane heading in that right, direction. Right. So far, it looks like it's in Jacksonville. It's not in Tallahassee. And it looks like, you know, at this point, they're probably going to get that thing in. Um, but after what happened with Florida State last year, 5-7 and seven record, first year under Willie Taggart, I, I really think the fan base needs like a mental health game here. And I think beating a pretty good Boise State team would – sort of set a course for a, a much more normal season for Florida State, where if you lose that coming off of last season, you know, I think you're at like DEFCON 2, uh, and it's the first week of the season. Uh, Ralph, so if we shift gears, talk uh, about Alabama, you know, as you know, and I'd love to get your input and insight on the whole deal, Alabama linebacker you know, Dylan Moses, he's now unfortunately for the young man, uh, I believe on Tuesday he tore his ACL and he's, he's going to be out for the season. So now Alabama is going to be ta- starting two, uh, two freshmen inside linebacker. This guy Moses is the real deal. I mean, a uh, heavy award winner and big-time NFL prospect. Uh, speak on this if you don't mind a little bit. Yeah, you know, I think for this week against Duke, probably doesn't matter that much. I mean, right. the guy that, you're right, they're playing a freshman, but it's a four-star kid who's six foot, 240, you know, the problem is, is he up to speed? Does he know all the calls? Can he do the things that Dylan right. Moses Lack, lacking, ex- lacking experience like Moses has, right. And, exactly. So, And they've been hit by a couple of other injuries at that position, too, or at linebacker in general. I think against Duke, you know, for the most part, they should be fine. Right. The thing that worries you is simply later in the season. Listen, Alabama's going to be a little while before they get really tested at Texas A&M, I think at the end of September, early October. And, of course, they finish the season with a bunch of really big games against the likes of, you know, LSU and Auburn. But, uh, you know, they're, they're just so talented. And really, this, these are the things that sort of set Alabama and maybe Clemson and a couple of other programs apart from the rest of the country is that when they do lose a guy like Dylan Moses, as good a player as he is, as great a player as he is, as significant a loss as that is, 
they have a two or a three who is a four-star, five-star prospect. Again, they don't have the experience, but the talent is there to sort of, you know, mend the wound and help them get along. And who knows, maybe by the time they get to week five and six and they really need that kid to be developed, he will have come along and it won't be that much of a drop-off. But this is a significant loss at a position where they were already not super deep. Hmm. You know, Ralph, uh, when you focus in on the defending champs, you know, they're a heavy favorite as they take on Georgia Tech. Can their quarterback, who, you know, many – I saw many analysts last year say the greatest freshman quarterback in college that they've seen in college football in terms of NFL talent evaluators. Can can Dabo's you know can Laurie, can he live up to expectations here year two as the full time starter? Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if he didn't. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is again, you know, I'm not a scout, but this is as gifted a passer at that age and really almost at any age as I've ever seen. He makes two or three or four throws a game that you go. Well, like most guys don't do that. Not to mention, he's also got Justin Ross, who's a future first-round draft pick wide receiver. T. Higgins, a possible future first-round draft pick wide receiver. They've got two freshmen who've come in this year who are five stars and have a chance to contribute right away as receivers. So he's also got this array of weapons, Travis Etienne, to hand the ball to. Um, They won't be challenged often this year, especially in the ACC. They've got a couple of games early against Syracuse in a few weeks and against Texas A&M in two weeks, Um, and those will provide some tests. Uh, I think the biggest thing that will prevent Trevor Lawrence from winning the Heisman is the simple fact that they won't have a lot of big tests late in the season and those big stage games where he can sort of display his clutchness and his talent whereas some of the other guys will have some of those big games. But listen, I don't expect anything other than another great year from Trevor Lawrence. You listen to Taz and Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Our special guest right now is Ralph Russo, Associated Press College Football Writer. Ralph, sticking on the topic of, of Clemson, um, you know, I, I, a lot of people aren't talking about it, but, you know, as you know, I mean, you know, you being an expert covering college football, man, like they lost, Clemson lost a plethora of legitimate defensive linemen um, that, that defense took a hit. So you're not concerned with Clemson defensively going forward as the season's about to start? I got to tell you, not so much. Because okay. a little like Alabama is they always, listen, they will lose. They will absolutely have to, you know, they need kids to step up. They have a kid named Xavier Thomas, who was a sophomore this year, who I think is their next great defensive end. They've got, again, a whole array of other four- and five-star kids who will move into those starting roles. I think the, the biggest thing Clemson may lose from those great defensive linemen, Christian Wilkins and all those guys who were drafted in the first round last year, is to a certain degree those were the leaders of the team. Those are the guys who kept the team in order. And I, and I think it probably will be a little bit of a challenge for Dabo to sort of find who are the new guys who are going to be my team leaders. Who are the new guys who are going to set the standard here and the work ethic standard that I'm looking for. So the other thing you have to remember, you know, they've, done this before as far as lose all these draft picks on the defensive side. They've got maybe the best defensive coordinator in the country in Brent Venables. He has consistently replaced guys and, 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 uh, and put forth a really good, solid defense, if not one of the better defenses in the country, despite the fact that the conveyor belt keeps sending these kids to the NFL. You know, Ralph, um, Chip Kelly and UCLA uh, went in there, got a huge contract. It's a disappointing year, number one. He's playing a lot of freshmen this year. 
You know, they start on the road to the Bruins against the Bearcats of Cincinnati. What about this UCLA team staying out in the Pac-12? Because it's one of those teams you think about. Kelly obviously did an amazing job at Oregon. What, what about the progression of that UCLA program under Chip Kelly? Yeah, it's progression that you're looking for this year. And I got to tell you, I, you know, I, I think I was as, as optimistic as anybody when they first hired Kelly. And, I, you know, I knew last year was going to be a very tough year. They, he had to turn over a roster that was not left in good shape by Jim Mora. Um, so you knew last year on the field was going to be a tough year. And they showed some progress as the year went on. Uh, I think what concerned me a little more is they didn't do very particularly well in recruiting come February. Um, and you can say, well, Kelly is a guy who tends not to chase stars. He's a guy who wants people who fit his system and has a really keen eye toward that. He never recruited at a really high level at Oregon. He just had an eye for his guys. Um, but I got to tell you, it, it made me a little more worried. When you're in the Los Angeles area, you think you would occasionally stumble upon a couple of four and five stars, and they didn't get a lot of those kids. I do think they'll be improved this year. I think it's a really fascinating game and a test because Cincinnati's Good team. They beat them last year on the road, and they won 11 games in the AAC. This will be a fascinating test, and I think, that again, what you're looking for is, is progress. Can they go from three to six or seven wins? I don't know if they'll go from three to nine or ten. That's probably expecting too much. But can they go to a bowl game this year, and can, can it – look like it's better than last year. Hey, Ralph, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Arizona State. Uh, the Sun Devils, you know, their their head coach is going to the second year, Herm Edwards, uh, all his years in the NFL and as a broadcaster and as a player back in the day. Um, you know, I think they went. I think they went seven and six last year. You know, uh, what, what's the what's what do you think it is out there at, at Arizona State with the Sun Devils? Overall, do you feel they're happy with Coach Edwards? You know, it, it's weird. It was obviously a hire that drew a lot of, huh? Like, right, really? Right. That's the guy? <laughs> and I think that there was people, again, like me, who were a little skeptical. Like, why would you bring him in? You get, they got off to a nice start. But ultimately, you're right. 76, pretty good year, but not really that much different than they've had in the past. And the reason why they brought him in is they think that that program has a, a much higher ceiling. So this year they'll go in. They're going to start a freshman quarterback. They've got one of the best running backs in the in the in the. Pac-12, really, in the country, and Eno Benjamin. Yep. And, and, and Herm wants to play sort of an NFL style. There's a lot of room for growth in the Pac-12 South. Uh, other than Utah, everybody is in flux in some way, shape, or form. USC is kind of a mess. And we, we have their, their coach is on the hot seat. So they've got some young players they threw into the fire on defense last year, so they're expecting the defense to get better. They were relying, again, on a freshman or true freshman quarterback, but they're going to run the ball a lot. You know, I I sort of pegged Arizona State as a team where if you're looking for a dark horse in the Pac-12, especially on the south, that could be one. That could be a team that maybe sneaks up and has a, you know, you know, pushes for 10 wins and maybe, you know, contends in that division, a division that everybody's sort of handing to Utah right now. You know, over to the Big Ten, Ralph, um, and Michigan. Now, I've seen a lot of people as we've inched closer and closer to the regular season talk about the tremendous pressure that's on Jim Harbaugh. This has got to be the year they beat Ohio State. This has got to be the year that they, they contend and, and, and be a serious contender to be in, in one of those semifinals and a national championship. Do you think there is that much pressure on Jim Harbaugh in Ann Arbor? Well, it depends on what you mean by pressure, because they're not firing him. You know, Michigan football is healthier than it's been in 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 a couple in about a decade and a half now. I mean, I think people sort of forget the Rich Rod, 
you know, Brady Hoke years when things were not good at Ooh. Michigan. I think oh, there was man. one <laughs> decent year in there. Bad. So, yeah, so at least now with Harbaugh, you have a, a level of respectability. They're winning double-digit. They have double-digit win seasons. Uh, but the fact of the matter is he is, I always say, like Har- Harbaugh's a little like A-Rod, right? And New York sports fans will understand this. He is only judged by his failures. Right, as great as he does in everything else, the only games that are big games are the ones he loses. The only games that matter most are the ones where he loses. And right now, he needs to beat Ohio State. So when you say is there pressure, well, there's always pressure because you know this is an opportunity. Ohio State comes to Michigan this year. They have a new coach. They have a new quarterback. The Buckeyes do. So this is clearly an opportunity for Michigan to get that monkey off its back and finally beat Ohio State. But if they don't, are they going to fire Harbaugh? No, probably not. So I guess it depends on how you define pressure. Uh, They're a good team. They've got the opportunity. They'll be in the mix this year. But, you know, again, I don't see Harbaugh being on the hot seat, if that's what you're talking about. Well, you know, Ralph, speaking of the Buckeyes, you know, the arch-nemesis rival of the Wolverines, Ryan Day, as you mentioned, new head coach there in Ryan Day, you know, who's segued into that seems, well, in, in the offseason, seems like it's it's going well. And, and obviously Urban Meyer, he was under Urban Meyer and seems like he still has a great line of communication and friendship with Meyer. Um, what's your thoughts on how Ryan Day and his Buckeye program should do this year in the Big Ten? Yeah, yeah. I mean, initial pre- impressions of Day are great, but, you know, he hasn't played a game yet. He is a right. smart guy who would have eventually been a head coach somewhere. He's from the, the sort of the Meyer-Chip Kelly tree. He, at some point, he was going to be a head coach. It just happened a little faster and at a bigger program than I think some people thought. Um, he's a very different dude than Meyer. In fact, I just wrote about him earlier this week. He's got a definitely, definitely a different kind of vibe, a little more, I, you know, you hate saying laid back for a football coach because these guys are so more, so much more intense, but he's definitely got a little bit more of a regular guy feel. It's been going great on the recruiting trail. Ohio state is doing as well as ever. Uh, so that's a good sign, but we'll see how it works when the regular season and really ultimately this season, probably for Ohio state will be decided by uh, two things. The, he, he brought in a new defensive staff, so can they fix the defense? My guess is that that will happen. The defense will get better this year. The other thing and the main thing is they have a new quarterback in Justin Fields, who's a transfer from Georgia, who was sort of 1A to Trevor Lawrence's 1 in last year's recruiting class. Like He is that level of a prospect. We talk about how great Trevor Lawrence is. Justin Fields was considered a, you know, a, a generational-type talent. He didn't win the job at Georgia. Now he's at Ohio State. If Ryan Day can tap into that talent and make Justin Fields a generational-type player and we see the best of Justin Fields, it's going to be hard for Harbaugh or anybody else in the Big Ten to stop Ohio State, and they could be end up back in the playoff for the first time in a few years. You know, uh, Ralph, uh, over to Texas, you know, Mac Brown is now co- coaching and back in North Carolina as they get set to open up the season at home against South Carolina as a double-digit underdog. He talked about the fact of, you know, he's back to enjoying uh, being a coach in college football. He didn't enjoy his final few years when he was coaching the Texas Longhorns with all the expectations year in and year out. You know, Tom Herman knows that all too well. What about the Longhorns this season? It's a tricky situation for Herman. He has said this, and I, listen, I think he's trying to manage expectations. I think they did overachieve a little bit last year. I think that they, you know, they listen, they had a great win against Georgia, great win against Oklahoma. I, I don't know if that team was fully – uh, fully in bloom, he's got a he's got a team this year that is really rather young for for a team coming in as a top ten team. They they're relying 
they've recruited really well the last couple of years. So they are going to rely a lot on sophomores and even freshmen, redshirt freshmen, to to fill big roles, to be productive in big ways. And that can always be – that can be a little risky. So I think what you could see at a Texas this year is a team that doesn't necessarily have a better record ends up in that nine-win area, but maybe is a better team. I think that they had some – as much as they had some great wins last year, they also had some fortunate wins. I'm just interested to see because you, you, you would expect a team like Texas – now they take another step forward, and now they're a playoff contender this year. And I feel like this is a little bit of an in-between year where maybe next year is the real big breakout, and this year is more of a year where they maintain. But you've got Sam Ellinger, a quarterback, and Colin Johnson, a wide receiver. I mean, they have a chance to be far more explosive if they can get a little bit more of a running game going. Uh, but again, to me, I just wonder if they're a little overrated going into the season because they're relying on so many underclassmen. Our guest is uh, Ralph, Russo, Ralph Russo, I should say, uh, AP uh, college football writer. Hey, uh, Ralph, uh, so Oklahoma, Jalen Hurts, new quarterback, transferred over from Alabama. Uh, expectations, in your view, uh, for Jalen uh, and uh, the Sooners this year? Yeah, it'll be it'll be fascinating to see how Lincoln Riley gets the most out of Hurts' skill set. Listen, I, I don't think he is going to be the passer that Baker Mayfield was, though. All the and we saw a little glimpse of it, right, in the SEC championship game last year. He came off the bench and he, and he had a nice game and saved Alabama's season to a certain degree. Uh, there seemed to be an improvement in his passing, but I guess we really won't know about that until we see it this year. But the thing is, how does Riley use that? The fact that he is that's the best runner he's ever had, as great as as Kyler Murray was, as you know, as a smaller guy with great speed. Jalen Hurts is a bull. He runs like a, he runs like a fullback or a, or, a, or a running back. Plus, he's got a pretty good arm. So I don't know if you'll get quite the same precision out of the passing game, but they have so many weapons around him. Um, they are rebuilding an offensive line, but it's, a, it's a, one of the better offensive line coaches in the country. They tend to do that okay. Uh, I, I think that you'll get a ton of production out of Hurts. It might just not look the same as you got the production out of Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Uh, I don't expect a huge fall-off out of Oklahoma this year, but, you know, they, again, they've performed so well offensively without much defense. You do wonder if even the slightest step back on the offensive side means all of a sudden Oklahoma, instead of losing one game, maybe loses two or three. Ralph, um, end of the year, close it out season, uh, close it out here. You know, when you look at it, you know, who do you have, uh, you know, winning national? Is it going to come down to Alabama-Clemson again? Do you have any surprise teams in terms of uh, making the semifinals? Yeah, I wish I could be a little more creative when, when it comes to this, but I think if you go away from Alabama-Clemson, you're kind of trying too hard. I, I think eventually it'll be that in the national championship game, and we'll have Alabama-Clemson five. As far as the rest of the, the you know, the final four, I guess the one team that's a little bit of a surprise that I picked, I have Ohio State in there. They're not a surprise. I think that they're one of the favorites or at least one of the, one of the, one of the groups that you would expect to be in. I think the Pac-12 might break through this year. I think the, the, the Alabama-Georgia thing will sort itself out during the SEC season, and Alabama will eliminate Georgia again in the SEC championship game. And I think Washington, not Oregon, I think Washington has a chance to emerge from the Pac-12 separate itself from the rest of the pack there, maybe go 12-1 and one and sneak in the playoff. Again, it, you know, it may be a little bit of a stretch, but I also think that it's good to sort of pick somebody who's a little outside that top four or five. So my, my one 
sort of stretch pick, my one slight surprise, is I'll throw Washington in there representing the Pac-12. Ralph Russo, AP. Hey, Ralph, have a good Labor Day weekend. We appreciate the time this morning. Enjoy all the action. Thanks, thanks, Ralph. Thanks, guys. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 